Hey there, just hopping in with a couple of updates really quick before we hop into today's episode. So first off, I want to let you know the monthly class that is happening for next month is is called Learn the Basics of Hormone Testing. And I'm doing this class because I get off asked so often by my clients, by people I know, just by social media, you know, what they should do in terms of hormone testing because maybe their doctor doesn't want to hormone test them because they say, oh, there's no point in testing your hormones because your hormones change throughout the month and that is wrong. It is not wrong that your hormones change throughout the month. Absolutely, they do. But we do have reference ranges and optimal ranges for the different parts of your cycle, including your follicular, your ovulation, and your luteal phase. And a lot of the stuff we actually want to test in either that follicular or luteal phase on particular days of your cycle. And it's going to give us a lot of good information if things are off for your cycle. So this... Uh, class is going to be all about that. It's going to be all about the different forms of testing from serum labs to saliva to dried urine to um, blood spot. They all have pros and cons and so I'm going to go through those and also talk about talk about optimal levels um, for some of the different options. So this is going to be a great class, very comprehensive in our little 30 minute span. Um, And hopefully if that is something that you need help with, you will sign up. You just have to head over to christinegarvin.com. You'll see the link at the top of the page. Grab your spot per usual. It is a free class, but it is limited to 70 people and these fill up so I'd say go ahead grab your spot for September 14th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as usual if you can't make it at that time I will be recording it and we'll send it off to you afterwards but you do have to sign up for the webinar um, in order to get that wonderful recording otherwise it's not happening so go do that as soon as you have a moment And what else is going on? We are having an extra podcast episode this week with a fantastic guest later this week. So be able, um, be sure if you haven't subscribed to go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss that episode. It's going to be all about uh, menopause, perimenopause, really just grabbing your mojo later in life. And it's super fun. It's super, it pumped me up to do the interview. So I'm excited to share it with you. So if you don't subscribe, you may miss it. So subscribe if you haven't on whatever platform you're listening on. While you're at it, if you haven't left us a review, it would be so, so helpful if you did. So if you're on iTunes, if you can write something, that's great. Even if you can just tap that five stars. That's great. If you're on Spotify, I think it's only star options. I'm not sure about the other platforms, but if you can leave us a review in any form or fashion, it so helps for this podcast to continue to grow. And if you've been listening this season, we're on, this is our third episode of the season. You can tell how amazing these interviews are. Um, you know, we've always had great interviews, but like it's just going next level this season. And this is information that I want all of you to know. I want every single person listening to this podcast to know these things so that they are, you are empowered to live your life in the healthiest and best ways. And I guarantee that there are better ways to be living your life than you currently are doing because there is so much external stuff coming at you that is maybe not the best for you. So anyways, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. I so appreciate you doing that. 
Um, it helps us so much. Okay, so I think that's it. Um, today's episode is so good, too. Um, I really enjoyed doing this interview. Um, Bridget is a just fun person to talk to, even though she has been through the gamut with mold. And so she can really speak to mold issues and how it impacts your health and how it impacts your hormones. And I see this a lot coming up in my practice these days, which is why I wanted to get an episode out there for you so that you understand um, how mold can impact your hormones and other aspects of your health. So listen in, we're about to hop in and I will see you later this week. Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Hormonally Speaking. I am really pumped to chat with my guest today because this is an issue that we're going to be talking about today that has become really common actually showing up in my practice for my clients. Um, And it's such a big, intense, overwhelming thing for a lot of people that they don't even necessarily know where to begin or know much about it. And that what I'm talking about is mold. Um, And mold can impact your health in so many different ways, including your hormones, which is what we're going to be talking about today. My guest today is Bridget Danner, who was working as an acupuncturist in Portland, Oregon, when her health started to deteriorate. She learned a lot, tried a lot of things, and even completed a functional health coaching program in an effort to heal herself and become a better practitioner. Although several things kind of helped, nothing healed completely, and she hit rock bottom in the winter of 2014. Soon after, she discovered toxic mold in her 100-year-old home and began the long journey of home and body repair. Bridget got into the natural medicine field in 2000 as a young environmentalist. She practiced as an acupuncturist and integrative clinic owner for 13 years, performing well over 10,000 sessions before transitioning to the online space as a functional health coach and educator. Bridget loves to teach about everyday detox, functional living, and toxic mold illness at BridgetDanner.com. She is also the founder of a line of detox supplements called Functional Detox Products. Her Instagram handle is at Bridget underscore Danner, and she's also written the ultimate toxic mold recovery guide, Take Back Your Home Health and Life. Welcome, Bridget. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, so excited. Um, As we were talking about before we hopped on here, and as I kind of mentioned in the beginning, it's such a huge, overwhelming topic, right? Mold, like this thing that I don't think people ever thought is really impacting their health in that big of a way before, you know, it's like they would like find mold in their house and it's like, oh, let's just bleach it and get it to go away. But now we are learning how it can really impact so much including our brain, right? And Mm -hmm. as we're going to talk about today, our hormones. Um, But can you take us through some of the basics of how mold impacts our health? Sure. So mostly the mold that impacts our health is water damaged buildings, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, there can be a little mold like inside your toothbrush or like on some bread or whatever, 
Uh, we still want to avoid those things, but those aren't the things that are getting you chronically ill. So mm -hmm. your home that you're in, you know, minimum eight to 10 hours a day, maybe all the time. Once COVID started, a lot of people are home. Uh, if there's been plumbing leaks, if there's like humidity issues, uh, roof leak, um, you know, big storm, uh, a roof hasn't been maintained, gutters aren't being maintained, crawl spaces is moist. Um, there's just lots of areas where mold can grow and just do its thing because it's got wet food to feed on. Mm -hmm. um, and then even when it dries up, it's still there. So I think one, one of the misconceptions is, oh, yeah, we had a leak, but now everything's dry. Mm -hmm. If there's still that damage and it sat long enough, it still can have, um, you know, active mold colonies on it. So that's sort of like how it starts. And then with your health. Yeah, I think like we, you said before we got on, it's sometimes it's a combination of like, we're already you're going through stress. We have Wi-Fi in our homes. You know, our food isn't as nutritious as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Our guts usually aren't as healthy as, as they used to be. And now we have this organism in our home that has its own waste products that it's giving off mm -hmm. uh, and they're airborne. So now it's mixing with all the other airborne irritants of, you know, your your laminate floor is off gassing and, you know, mm. they're, you're using a gas, a gas stove and all these things are in the air. And now this, this other thing <laughs> in the air. Yeah. Um, and it has, yeah, different waste products that you are inhaling and touching and a little bit of exposure is usually not enough to cause a problem. Your immune mm -hmm. system will deal with it. It's just more like chronic exposure, which I think eventually will kind of take down anyone to be honest, mm. but chronic exposure plus some background of, of health issues mm -hmm. is so to speak, even, even worse or genetic. Makeup. Yeah. I was going to say there's certain genetics, right. That it's like, it's real, real bad. If you maybe have problems with detoxification and things like that. Right. Yeah. It gets a little oversimplified with genetics as if there's just like, there's one gene that can right. identify, but you know, our genetics are very complicated and yeah, some of us are just born better detoxifiers mm -hmm. than others too. Mm -hmm. So one interview I had a couple of months ago was a parent of a, like a five-year-old who had a moldy window in her bedroom, you know, very young, should be mm -hmm. healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, be, became had developed autoimmune alopecia like oh, lost all no. the hair on her body so mm. it doesn't necessarily mean okay you're older and you know you're going through menopause and so you're gonna be affected by mold it could be anyone mm -hmm. but if you are older and going through the menopause <laughs> and now you're in mold you're probably gonna be feeling it <laughs> it's not so, a pretty picture <laughs> yeah that it can be more complicated to treat in a sense like the the little girl in the story actually did in a sense get well quickly once mm -hmm. they figured everything out their bodies so rebound a little faster than when we're older exactly yeah, yeah we just have more of a collection of uh, other things going mm -hmm. on by the time we're older mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so specifically how can it impact hormones yeah this is so interesting and definitely doesn't get talked about enough you know in my own journey when I was sick my hormones were impacted and 
zero percent was suggested it could be mold like ever (laughs) you know and I was already starting to study functional medicine and stuff and even Mm -hmm. still um it wasn't suggested so I especially think those like really persistent hormonal issues and you may have clients like this Christine which is why it's coming up in your practice who are like well, I am going to bed on time and I am taking right. supplements. And like, why am I still so off? Um, for me, I was having break, breakthrough bleeding in my cycles. Mm. Um, you know, I developed really mild, but I developed Hashimoto's. That's another mm. thyroid issue. Uh, it can affect your, you know, your insulin handling and, and your weight. So, um, uh, one really interesting thing I think that is a great visual like visualization of how this all happens is you're inhaling things through your nose, right? That's Mm -hmm. kind of information the body and the immune system is dealing with. It goes up into your nose, uh, right? Basically in the center of your head, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is where your hypothalamus pituitary (laughs) are. Right. Um, And it breaks down the blood brain barrier and Mm -hmm. can enter the brain and even inflame those very important master glands right there. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. learned that little tidbit a few years later from my own discovery of mold. I was like, wow. You're like, and there it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So right there, it's it's inflaming that gland, which is going to inhibit correct hormone production and communication with the rest of the body. So that's one way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when the other areas of the brain are inflamed, one thing you can do is be kind of over emotional, not handling, handling stress. Well, that cortisol can Mm. mess up your hormone levels. Um, and then it's, it's a burden on the liver. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually is like attacking the liver. Plus the liver has this huge job. Plus it's usually making leaky gut, which is now more waste that the liver has to deal with. And the liver is supposed to be processing your hormones too. Right. So that's a problem. Again, it's usually making a leaky inflamed gut. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's another place you're supposed to be detoxing hormones out. So those are getting back into circulation mm-hmm. um, with that insulin resistance. Yeah. You can be putting on weight, um, hunger issues and stuff like that, which kind of we equate to hormonal issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The thyroid often becomes autoimmune with mm-hmm. mold, just the way it attacks, you know, again, you got leaky gut, you've got all these toxins in your body. A lot of people end up with like functional hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. Um, I'm sure there's more examples, but at least that's some to get us started. And that's kind of the, I mean, that's the big points that you just hit, right? Like thyroid is what's overseeing our energy and metabolism, right? I mean, our adrenals is, you know, what are dealing with our, our stress hormone and, and taking really away from our sex hormones, right? And so it's like, as that cortisol ramps up, then the sex hormones are um, downregulated. And so here you are, you know, some, sometimes, like you said, like my clients will be like, I'm doing like all the right things, you know? So what, why isn't that helping enough? And it's like, there's this other thing that has like gunked up that system and they're all really intimately connected. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And probably if you're in a moldy home, you're having hormone issues, plus also like increasing food sensitivities, mm-hmm. headaches, or mm-hmm. like chronic pain. Like I, I had some chronic pain, getting sick often. Mm-hmm. So it's usually not just one 
system, right? right? It's, <laughs> it's all usually of them, like right. a bunch of them and yeah. you're doing a bunch of healthy habits. So right. that's like, to me, a, a big indicator that there's something deeper to look for. Right. And also, as you mentioned, you know, crossing that blood brain barrier, I mean, that's scary, right? Cause it's not yeah. just the mold itself. It's the mycotoxins that are released from the mold. And it feels like those things can start calling the shots. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they're like the ultimate weapon against the body, which they don't even really mean to be. Right. um, (laughs) I know. So I heard heard this thing recently that like made me look at mold differently. It was like, you know, mold isn't there to like try and take you down or attack you. Like it's just like setting up shop, just like anything would anywhere to try and survive. It releases those mycotoxins, you know, as just this natural thing of survival, you know. And I was like, "Oh, poor mold," but not really. <laughs> we gotta get yeah. it out. But yeah, but, yeah, it doesn't mean to. It's just a problem when it's in your house, right? Uh, yeah, it crosses a cellular uh, wall, gets into mitochondria, mm-hmm. like disrupts that like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can contribute to some really chronic diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really scary. So, and it's definitely inconvenient. I actually was on vacation a few weeks ago and came home to a new leak in my house. Oh, and I'm no. like, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, I get it. It seems dry. You know, I get the yeah. temptation to just like, yes, yeah. scrape it up a little bit yeah. and paint over it. Yeah. But I'm like, nope, I, you know, like, I don't know where that came from. And now we got to do all the things oh. uh, we just have to. And, yeah. and it's like, you're, you're like, I've been down this road enough. Like, am I really having to go through this again? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to go through it in their lifetimes, you know, probably more than once. Um, You know, let's just, we choose to live in homes with, with plumbing and now there's Mm -hmm. climate change happening and just all these things. So, um, and the materials that we build our houses with now are, I mean, are just really prime for mold growing. Right. I, I remember talking to somebody and they, you know, I was like, why wasn't this an issue hundreds of years ago? And they're like, well, if you think about like Europe, where, you know, they were building housing, it's made out of stone, <laughs> you know, it's the mold it's still a problem though. I oh, mean, it is. Oh, I okay. think both things are true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, drywall and the way like we insulate now makes a problem, mm-hmm. but yeah, I have clients in those old homes in Europe mm-hmm. and there's less resources for those folks about mold mm-hmm. because yeah, it can be very damp and wet and like stuff is, you know, plumbing is like inside of like stone wall. And, um, so yeah, there's definitely, even like in biblical times, um, there were issues with mold and, um, other like bacterial infections that they mentioned Mm. in the Bible. So even like that kind of environment, mold can grow right anywhere. There's like moisture Mm -hmm. at enough level. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there's some truth to like our modern homes being a problem, but it, it isn't totally new. I think maybe what was different was a little bit like our base health or how often you're inside, right? Like if you have a home, that has a little mold, but it's always, it's pretty open yeah. and you're outside all day. And then you're like cooking over a fire. Like it's just a whole different scenario Yeah, than Makes now, sense. right? Yeah. We're just in or in it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm time. thinking, I'm thinking about the times in my adult life that I've lived in basements, you know, oh. like <laughs> don't do that again. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> I mean, I even felt it at those times. Like it's just kind of creepy living in, even if it's a converted basement, even if half the, you know, um, houses is, is windows and everything. It's just like, you're like, yeah, I'm underground. Like you're just, you feel infiltrated by it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, basements are yeah never good. To never a good situation. Live in, but yeah, when a lot of kids kids in college and stuff get exposed to mold because yep. they're living in these kind of cheap housing. Yep. Um, and some of them don't get sick, but some of them do. Yeah. I have a, a practitioner friend who did. So yeah. Well, it's interesting because my senior year of college, I lived in a house where it was that situation where one side of the house, you know, was um, not underground because it was on a hill. And so that you could go out the the um, sliding glass door on that side, but then the whole rest of it was underground. And we ended up having some flooding and it mm. just came right in through that sliding glass door. And it definitely, it was kind of like a living room and then a bedroom and that living room, I mean, the water, you know, got up a couple inches. Ugh. And so I know we had, you know, our landlord come and he cleaned it up, but I just know, I mean, it, the kind of cleaning up he did, I'm sure was not sufficient <laughs> to get rid of the mold. You know, it took, it took a week, whatever. And I, it's like, I lived in that room next door to that for six more months, you know? And it, it's funny. Cause I look back right after I graduated, I had, um, I always say my stomach fell out pretty much within the first, you know, week. And without a doubt, like the stress of graduating from college and not knowing what I was going to do lent to that. And, I, you know, I'd been on three rounds of antibiotics my junior and senior years for strep throat. And so I always put those two together. But then later, when I learned about the impact of mold, I have no doubt that living in that is what made me really, really sick. Um, you know, like, I mean, lost 10 pounds in a week, IBS craziness that lasted for a few actually probably three years while I worked to like, that's when I first got into rebuilding my gut. So wow. yeah, so fascinating. Yeah. That's a good example. Yeah. A lot of people are thinking, Oh, I haven't, I've never been exposed to mold. And then you start thinking about it at all the places you lived and things that have happened to your house. And like, are we so sure about that? Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> well, so tell us your story of first encountering the mold. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I kept living in a house completely clueless, you know, for like eight years. Wow. Um, yeah, I moved in when I got engaged and I moved into my ex-husband's house and, um, you know, I got, got pregnant really fast and, you know, so a lot was changing in my body anyways. Mm -hmm. And I had a new clinic and, maybe similar to you, like maybe what they told you in college was like, oh, well, it's just stress and stuff like that. But I just kept collecting symptoms and they would change and come in and out, probably looking back, you know, winter was a lot harder for me. Um, you know, but I get sick like once or twice a month, mm. you know, I had this chronic back pain that no one could ever help. And then they just tell me I was stressed and, uh, yeah, gut stuff, had to have like a perfect diet, you know, mm -hmm. had that breakthrough bleeding in my cycle. Um, so yeah, I was just doing everything I could to learn and I get some improvement and then some fallback. Actually, when I got strep throat was one of my biggest, like, that was sort of the beginning of the discovery. Mm. I hadn't taken antibiotics in 20 years. You know, mm -hmm. I had strep throat. I just didn't recover. I was exhausted. I did a detox. It didn't help. I had just started working at home. Mm. Um, so another ding, ding, ding. Yep. Right You're like there. something's happening around me. I was like, pain, I was getting IVs. I was doing, I was just, I was seeing this, these naturopaths at the, the college and uh, 
I was like, you got to check me for something else. Like I'm literally mm-hmm. like, there's nothing else I can do to be healthy. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm not. Yeah. Um, and so they ran some tests for like autoimmune stuff. Uh, and they asked me about my house, which I think all of us have a point in our story where somebody asked about our house and we're like, huh. Um, so hopefully for this podcast, that's some of your listeners, because, you know, I just hadn't ever considered it. Yeah. Um, and so I, we had gotten a cat, which is one factor, but we had had a little like minor flooding in our basement, which was always kind of moist and stinky. Mm-hmm. So I, I brought that home to my husband at the time. And he was like, yeah, I, I, I do want to get tested for mold. And honestly, I didn't really, because I knew what a mess it would be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want to know. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, the, I had a really good inspector. I know not everyone has had a good experience, but he was super thorough and just seeing, you know, how are your gutters draining? Is there moisture mm-hmm. in your walls? Like, is there any signs? Like I would say the only visible mold we had in our entire home, which later turned out to be quite full of mold was just like a tiny bit of black spots on the baseboard in the basement only. Mm, That's wow. It. It. Wow. Like tiny. Yeah. And so, yeah, you said before we came on, a lot of mold is invisible. It's in the walls. So we had probably, you know, five different types of water damage happening in different places, attic, windows, um, how the basement was set up. And then, you know, it is the basement was too humid. We should have been running a dehumidifier in there the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's usually not even just one water issue you've got in your house when right. you know I have this inspector friends now and they're like it's usually like five spots <laughs> you know I had an old home that had been built upon over time mm-hmm. you know we were two dumb homeowners who weren't doing things right as far mm-hmm. as like drainage and dehumidification and stuff like that so I just had no idea you know our house didn't look like anything was wrong with it right um so then when we found out it was you know, a whole huge process to remediate. And a big part of why I wrote this book was like all the mistakes we mm. made with remediation. So important costly. for people to know. Yeah. 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 It's, you can, you can kind of try to attack it and make a lot of mistakes uh, and get your other belongings affected. So it's not just the mold spores. It's like what they release, like you said, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to call them, they're not exactly gases, but they're like such tiny little molecules that they can embed in your, your sofa, your books, your, and get into your computer. They're going to get on the backside of your fridge. Like they're, they're going to get in everything. And if you become quite sick, now all these things are potentially affected. So you just have to be really careful what you do next when you find out. Uh, you do have mold, but that's down the road, right? So first is Mm -hmm. you can kind of look at your symptoms, visually inspect and like kind of do a, um, you know, a check of like, okay, what has happened in this home or other homes? Like it Mm -hmm. could still be affecting you from another home. Right. Um, And then you can, you know, hire an inspector if you own a home or there's different at-home mold tests to do. You can test your body. So there's a kind of a discovery phase, right? And I always encourage people just start where you are. So if you're listening to this and you're like, huh, I have symptoms I'm not getting rid of, 
I kind of wonder about mold, just start learning, you know, start mm-hmm. thinking about how you could test. Don't get all the way to, am I going to have to throw away my couch? Cause yeah. that will freak you out Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Did you guys have to move out during the remediation process? Oh, that was one other mistake. So we were mm. still in there. Mm. The first thing we did was the basement. And they said, bring all the stuff from your basement up to your main floor. This is a horrible idea. Yeah, not but a we good did idea. It. Yeah, yeah, we did it because we didn't know anything. And yeah. then, you know, that was horrible. And yeah. and then we had like our siding redone. And somewhere in there, we decided, yeah, we have to move out because I was still working from home. Mm-hmm. So luckily, my parents had recently bought a home that they hadn't moved into yet. So we lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were lucky with that. And I know a lot of people say, oh, I don't have anywhere to go. But if you really, you know, put put yourself into it as a necessity, you can, you can figure it out. Right. I don't. Yeah. If your home is quite moldy, you cannot stay. While yeah. It's being remediated. And we didn't even keep the home. Mm. We put, I think we put, I don't know, almost 80 grand into the home and then just sold it. We just sold didn't it. feel comfortable with being there. Yeah. Anymore. Understandable, you know? And yeah. I mean, I, I do think, like you said, it's like, start at, at phase one. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. If you're listening to this, you know, but then the importance of you, you can't get better. If mold is affecting you that much, you can't get better while you're living. No. in Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, just tell me which binders to take or like how much glutathione should I use? And I'm like, that's not going to cut it if you're living in mold, you know? No, it's a waste of money. And I've gotten a little tougher with these conversations because I'm just having more and more of them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm just not going to prescribe you anything until you, you move yeah. because it's like, you're trying to take the easier step and not right. the hard one. So it's right. like, well, yes, you can listen to podcasts and buy supplements. It's going to go nowhere yeah. if you're still in the mold. So yeah put that money towards the hard thing. Yep, absolutely. And then it's going to be from what I've heard, even just moving out of the mold can help people so, so much. I mean, they still need to do things obviously to work on getting it out of their body, but just getting out of living in mold has such a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely did for me, but it's not so straightforward because Mm. now your body's like dumping toxins Mm. systems are trying to repair. So Mm -hmm. It's, it's just incremental, mm-hmm. you know, for usually quite a while. Mm-hmm. Just like you, you said you had to probably work on your gut for a long time. Yep. Absolutely. You know? yeah. yeah. And one of the things I feel like I've been noticing recently in clients where um, I, I kind of come to the conclusion of let, let's see if mold is the issue is actually them doing a lot of gut repair and it not working you know, it yes. not doing the things that it usually does when, when you go in to work on your gut. Yeah. I think that is a good indication, especially you know, for practitioners or people listening. Yeah. If you feel like you're working on your gut and there's just more and more foods you can't tolerate and yeah, you're like, your results are never changing mm-hmm. when you retest, like that's not normal. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so then it, did you end up like you ended up moving to a different area, right? At some point, was that because of the mold or did you guys move into another house in in your area? Kind of all that we were in our parents, my parents' house temporarily. Then we sold our house. We were literally, 
you know, temporarily homeless for a couple of months. Like yeah. we literally didn't have a house. Yeah. We took a trip. Uh, we bought a van and we took a trip, which I do encourage, you know, being outdoors, mm-hmm. kind of getting away from your life again. Like you might think, oh, I can't do that, but think about it. Maybe you can do it. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of worked out for us. We, you know, we wanted to, to heal. We wanted out of the Pacific Northwest for a little mm-hmm. while. Did he also have mold issues too? Uh, yeah, yeah. my, mm-hmm. my ex-husband did too. And then when we came back, so I had a son in school, you know, and mm-hmm. it was all a lot for him. And so we came back and we looked, we ended up in a rental <clears throat> that was mostly pretty good. Um, it was a very wet winter and both of us were pretty symptomatic all over again. It was just, mm. a, it was a bummer. That was a bit of a hard year, but mm-hmm. you know, we had a nice place near my son's school. And so I'm, I'm happy for that. It kind of gave him some time to accept that we were moving because so we did decide to move um, during that year. And I had a clinic I owned. I had a lot to get in order to, in wow. order to move. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it just felt like you know, we, it just felt like we had to, it just mm-hmm. didn't seem like we would get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just really thankful. It's so, I, I totally appreciate people going through it and how overwhelming it is, but it, you know, there's always another side to, yeah. to it. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my story. And then when I moved here, I still had to work on getting better. Right. Um, you know, I got a sauna, I, one you know did some parasite cleansing I still I think my immune system was still down I know mm-hmm. it was because I did some testing and like I was having a lot of kind of viral stuff and mm. drainage in my throat mm-hmm. and it was a bummer at first because I was like oh, I did I did all this moving across the country. yeah <laughs> can I just be better and I was better but right. I still probably had you know 40% left to go. Yeah. Um, but I just kept chipping away at it and it didn't keep getting better. Yeah. And I want to go back to the point of what you said of, you know, I think the hardships can be sort of the most obvious thing, right? You, you owned a clinic, you had all of this stuff going on in this place and to have to change that life in order to move somewhere else feels, you know, overwhelming. It feels like really unfair, but it did, you know, you sort of following your health and what your health needed from you brought you to a whole other place that you may not have imagined could be possible had you not gotten through that experience. Exactly. Yeah. And us humans, you know, our brains don't like change very much especially when we're sickly and we have commitments um but yeah I think there's times where you just kind of know something isn't a fit anymore and you don't quite we never know quite what the future is going to turn out to be right Right. but sometimes you just have to take that gamble right and and trust (laughs) trust it's all gonna work out yeah Yeah. absolutely Well, so what are your thoughts in terms of if someone does find out, you know, that they have mold in their body, they're figuring out the housing thing, what is kind of the first approach to dealing with that mold in their body? Yeah. So I always say, you know, you first, you have to kind of make sure the basics are taken care of Mm because you don't want to go into trying to push a detox if you don't have bowel movements Mm -hmm. or you don't sleep at night or, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have any support system. So I have that in my book, like kind of like a checklist and 
I know people have kind of heard it before, but (laughs) we all have like our blind spots. So, you know, if you're like, yeah, I'm doing good on most of these, but, um, you know, my diet is is really poor right now or whatever. So I have people kind of check through those first. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can try to do some more active detoxing, whether it's techniques like dry brushing, using a sauna or, you know, using binders, using glutathione, not everything is a fit for every person. Mm -hmm. So you just have to try if you've been quite sick or or you're quite sensitive, uh, sometimes you can only take a teeny tiny bit of binder. Yeah. Uh, like a quarter to capsule yeah. or you can only be in the sauna for five minutes. So you just have to listen to whatever your body says to you, mm-hmm. uh, what it likes, you know, do more of, uh, and then you need to find your edge. So you don't, you're not feeling worse as you detox. That's not the point of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're feeling inflamed, that's you're kicking up toxins, but not clearing them. Right. So they're just making you worse. Making uh, worse. So yeah, yeah, then you can start experimenting on that level, kind of trying things, finding your fit. Uh, and then you have to later start rebuilding all those other systems. Although Christine, one thing I would say, because this came up in an interview, I think potentially you can check and supplement hormones soon, like mm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if in your practice, or, or not there's like uh you know hormone supplementation yeah. like okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, okay yeah. so I think mm-hmm. that that could be you know something that can give you some energy that's what exactly 100 percent. <laughs> like when you're bottomed out you know I mean I I remember in my uh programs you know it was like always gut first but the reality is if you're just bottomed out, you can't detox properly, right? You can't go in and eradicate stuff. Like there's just the, you need a little bit of oomph to get through your day, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely totally fine with supporting on that end, you know, to get people to be like, okay, now I can handle this process of detox. Because if you're already like down here, detox is not going to be good. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think, you know, until somebody asked me on that on an interview, I was like, huh, actually, Mm -hmm. if I had could have done something differently in the steps I took, Mm -hmm. I think I would have done some external hormones sooner. Mm -hmm. I I had someone prescribe me a thyroid med early on, and it wasn't a fit. And then I just never tried again. And it took till after I was in Arizona a little while that yeah, I was still pretty bottomed out. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe my periods were still off and, you know, my Dutch results were horrible. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> dead. <laughs> and, uh, and I started to take like the t- testosterone DHEA cream. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't until about a year and a half ago, I ever found the right thyroid med for me, mm. um, but I am on one now mm-hmm. and I'm on, you know, just a few little hormones. And I think, uh, if I had been more confident to embrace that early mm-hmm. on and found the right practitioner, yeah, I think it would have helped me get through those few years easier. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I like to let women know it doesn't mean you, you have to take those forever just because you start them. For some women, it's just a few months of doing that. You know, I mean, thyroid's a little bit more complicated. Often, you know, when, when our thyroids had damage to it, it's, you know, you may need that support 
through prescription medication for the long term, you know, but some of these other, you know, um, progesterone, things like that, it may not, depending on your age, that may not be something that you need to take for a long period of time. It's really just helping you to, to get through those, those months, you know, and impossible yeah. years as yeah. you're working on that detox. Yeah. Yeah. At first when I took testosterone DGI, I did only take it for some months mm-hmm. and then I got off mm-hmm. and then I think, yeah, I just felt like I was kind of flattened out again. Yep. And, yep. and now I think I'm more of a lifer. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm well, more of a like, you yeah, know, let's keep 100%. going. <laughs> and, and I'm glad you brought that point up because, you know, I think women will ask me a lot of times, like, well, how long am I going to have to do this? You know? And I'm like, I can't tell you <laughs> because these things are so individual that we just have to see, right. We have to see how it is when you try them, you know, based on obviously testing, we want to go by, by, based off of your results, but how do you feel, you know, do, do these help? Do these hurt? Does you do it for a while? Your levels are looking good. Go off of it for a while see if you feel okay. If you don't feel okay, then it's okay to bring them back in. You know, I mean, that's like the reality of the situation. And I, and I think like some people get scared maybe of the idea of having to do them forever or of what that might do to their system. But it's like, if your body needs it, your body needs it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had an opposite attitude. You know, I went to Mm -hmm. acupuncture school. I Mm -hmm. was like not, you know, taking prescriptions for anything. Yeah. Um, And now, you know, I think from my own story and different gynecologist friends who, you know, I've interviewed and stuff. I mean, like I'm almost 48 and like women didn't even live this long. Right. Right. Like I'm old. Yeah. yeah. So if I cannot I believe keep, you're 48. You look yeah, amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if I want to keep living well yeah. and these things help me yep. feel good, look yep. good, have energy. And yeah, I wish I didn't need thyroid, but yeah, I actually ran out of mine. Like, I don't know, six months ago or something. Yeah. And I was like on the yeah. table, you know, I was like, yep, okay, I guess it. I do need those. Yep. You know, it's not like I'm bouncing off the walls on it but if I weren't on it yeah and I get I get checked you know and if my levels if I on my meds my levels are looking good Mm -hmm. that means it's keeping me in the right Mm -hmm. place Mm -hmm. so yeah I I don't know what exactly my thyroid went through uh (laughs) my liver went through and I'm certainly really have healthy habits but I just don't convert well to active hormone Well, you know, I mean, interestingly enough, I just did my genetic testing through three by four um, or three times four. I don't, I don't know how they say it. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. It's, I don't know. It's, it's been around for a couple of years, but relatively new. And what I like about it is they take, you know, all of your genes and they basically put things in groupings of what is the most important you know, in terms of what's going to have the most biggest impact on your health, instead of just being like, okay, here's all your genes. Like if you have, you know, a comped variation, then it's going to mean this. It's like, not necessarily, right. As you mentioned earlier, one gene doesn't make everything right. It's like a combination of all these genes that have different impacts. But one of the things that I learned on it is that I have um, trouble converting T4 to T3. And that has been for, you know, so that's been, that's shown up on my thyroid labs forever, you know, it's like, okay, so my free T4 is always fine, you know, and I finally got to a place where my TSH is fine, but like my free T3 is just never an optimal range. 
Um, I'm the same way. Maybe I have that too. It's well, it's interesting, right? Because I do think it's all the other things too, right? The liver being impacted, the gut being impacted and all the things that I've gone through, but I also have that genetic predisposition. So I was like, oh, okay. That's kind of cool when that like lines up. Cause then you're like, yeah, so I do need this help. You know, I mean, for me at this point, I use like thyroid glandulars, but you know, I've gone back and forth, um, with, with medication too. And so, but I'll, I will always need something and that extra selenium too, you know? Mm, interesting. Yeah. 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 So. yeah I think, I mean, and I, I can't prescribe anything besides mm-hmm. supplements, but yeah, I can get the resistance to like having to fill a prescription and blah, yeah. blah, blah, like that, yeah. you know, it's a more controlled substance, but, um, yeah. And it's everyone's own choice. I have a client I just reviewed who has kind of same issue as us and Mm -hmm. she's going to start with a glandular. She Mm -hmm. just, you know, doesn't really want to go. Right. It's like, see if it works, you know, I'm like, let me know in three months, like take it regularly. Let me know. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we we have options. Yeah. So I want to swing back around to, I realized that we didn't even, because I kind of threw the word out earlier. We didn't even describe what a binder is for people that have never heard of that before. Sure. It's a substance that chemically uh, or structurally or like chemically traps toxins, usually in the intestines, although some say they go into the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's basically, well, we, we put waste into the kidneys for urine or um, the fat with bile and into the intestines. So that bile can be recycled. Our body tries to recycle it. And then we're not always pooping enough. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a way to capture toxins and encourage them to be eliminated out instead of recycled back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you have, do you make a binder with your supplements? Yeah, we oh, have okay. a new binder that just came out a couple of months ago. It's cool. right back there. Oh, cool. Um, it is a binder that also stimulates like bile flow and bowel movements. So it's kind of like a, a few in one. Yeah. Oh, I like that. You don't need a bowel movement. Do not take don't it. Don't take it. What I found out, but actually about 90% of our clients do need help there. I was going to say that's so, constipation is more of the issue when it comes to gut issues for people in my experience than the other way around. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we just try to, cause some people have to take a binder and then they have to take something to move their bowels right. so that they can take the binder. Right. right. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. But our binder is a blend and uh, some are single ingredient, but uh, some are blends. And we had mycotoxins in mind when mm-hmm. we created our blend to capture mm-hmm. Because everything captures different things better. So just for people listening, things like clay, charcoal, chlorella, the things you may have heard of as binders. And Mm -hmm. um, they're, you know, they're usually not meant to be a daily thing. Uh, It's just while you're doing a detox or, you know, occasionally you may want to do it even after your big detox, so to speak, if you are, you know, just eating the wrong stuff, traveling, or just doing some other kind of small detox. Yep. It's good to have them around in case you get some food poisoning, anything like that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love charcoal for the food poisoning. Yeah. 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 So, um, so we talked about the glutathione and we talked about binders. Are there any other big ones that you think are useful for people when they're detoxing mold? Yeah. The other three I put as like my foundations are electrolytes. Cause mm-hmm. you tend to pee more when you're going through mold plus, mm-hmm. um, 
You're hopefully using a sauna. Mm-hmm. Um, CoQ10, which gives mm-hmm. you the cellular energy. And then broccoli seed and sprout supports mm-hmm. some mycotoxin elimination. It's, it's very beneficial for your liver. Mm-hmm. Um, and that so estrogen nice. detox. And uh, like. yes, it's very gentle too. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice, gentle option. A lot of people are like, what do I do for my liver? And like, that's a very nice, gentle thing mm-hmm. you can do for your liver. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then of course you mentioned saunaing. Do you have, and then dry brushing, are there other things? Do you like coffee enemas or do you think that's I love too coffee far- enemas. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I put those in my top five, even though I know for some people they won't be a fit <laughs> right? Uh, for lots of reasons, but I love them. I still yeah. do them about once a week. Yeah. Uh, they help you recycle glutathione kind of clean your blood. They help pump your bile. Mm-hmm. Um, mouth taping actually made my top five. Um, oh, interesting. Really helpful for but me. For when, for when you sleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mouth taping oh. when you sleep. Cause uh, I just, you, you tend to have more like post-nasal drip, weak immunity. So oh. just for me, when I found that I was, it was like a game changer. Interesting. Me. I never yeah. even thought about that. Yeah. And is it like different oxygen, oxygenation? <laughs> I guess if you're, cause then that forces you to breathe through your nose at night, right? Instead of your yeah, mouth. Yeah, it helped that helps you produce nitric oxide. But mm-hmm. I for my body, it just kept me from getting like a dry throat, mm. which then would like trigger my immune system. Interesting. Over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. I had I mean I literally had hundreds of days where I had a sore throat into the afternoon just from that pattern. So <sighs> I love, I love, this is one of my favorite things about doing a podcast is learning things like that, you know, (laughs) like random little thing that can be so helpful for people. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so affordable, right? You just need like a piece of bandage tape or people can look it up online. We have a blog about it, but you know, there's so many things you can use to detox. So a little bit, I picked like what was game changing for me personally, Mm -hmm. Mm because I had to pick something, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, so, uh, and then I picked Epsom salt baths, also Mm -hmm. very easy, Mm should have kind of made, made the top five should have been castor oil packs. But for me personally, like, I don't feel a big bang when I Mm -hmm. do them. Some people do, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. yeah, great for gut health can mm-hmm. help her sleep and anxiety, um, and just general detoxing. Yeah. hundred percent. And then I know we have to wrap this up here, but, uh, in terms of testing, what are your favorite tests to figure out if mold's an issue? Yeah, we use the Great Plains Laboratory urine test. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is by Vibrant Wellness, I think mm-hmm. is a good company. Mm-hmm. Um, usually not covered by your insurance. Mm-hmm. If you have a flex spending, you can maybe put that towards, you know, working with someone like Christine or mm-hmm. myself to uh, get that covered. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And do you end up doing other tests too um, along the way for people? When, Usually, when you're yeah. yeah, I mean, that's sort of my biggest strength, I think, is that long stretch of time where you're rebuilding mm-hmm. your body. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I came from a Chinese medicine background and it's very much about like, you know, s- supporting the whole system and like s- noticing where imbalances are happening. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, you know, generally people have been exposed a while and yeah. they didn't know it. So yeah. a lot of things have broken down. Um, and then we just space basic on people's budget, right? I know it's very expensive to go through mold. So yeah, if it's calling you to check your gut and you have the money, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, if, if you don't, there's a lot that we can assume based on your symptoms and, you know, all the other clients we've had yeah. with mold. So, um, you know, there's some flexibility there in, in the cost of all this. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And thank you for sharing that because I know between it having to be removed from your house, remediation and all of that. And then that, you know, the personal experience of it, people can definitely be like, oh my God, I can't, I can't. So to know that there's some options there, you know, some, some wiggle room. So that's like, I will definitely, as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, I've had these, this coming up for my clients recently. Um, and I, I am not trained in it, so I will pass them all along to you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We have like, you can just put a lab in your shopping cart and you can like, just put a binder in your, like a pretty, we make it pretty easy. Nice. Nice with the online. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all this amazing information. Um, and the time that you've shared with us today, this was great. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I'm always happy to talk about mold. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like the fun mold. (laughs) (laughs) I'm that girl. (laughs) All right, you guys, I will see you next time. 